new from Metal Blade Records, Amon Amarth return with the Great Heathen Army. It's out August 5th, recorded with the Steam Studio guru Andy Sneap at the controls. The Great Heathen Army represents another bold leap for the band as their trademark sound undergoes yet another skillful evolutionary overhaul, both lyrically and musically. Watch both of the new music videos for Get in the Ring and the title track. Plus, claim your copy now at MetalBlade.com slash Amon Amarth. Once again, Amon Amarth's latest, The Great Heathen Army, is out August 5th. Pick it up, MetalBlade.com slash Amon Amarth. And don't you forget, coming this September, Revocation's new album, Nether Heaven, sees the band in absolute peak form. The album is dedicated to the memory of Trevor Sternad and includes guest vocals from the late singer as well as Corpse Grinder on the track, Re-Crucified. Watch videos, listen, and read about the album right now at MetalBlade.com slash Revocation. Nether Heaven hits digital and physical shelves on September 9th, guys, so make sure you're picking up Revocation's latest record, Nether Heaven. Go to MetalBlade.com slash Revocation. Hey everybody, it's me, Jocelyn. I am so stoked to tell you I'm recording my first ever comedy special live in Fort Collins, Colorado, September 1st at the Comedy Fort. Patrick Richardson is featuring for me. It's a Laugh After Dark production. You'll be able to see it on Amazon, but you know you want to see it live. So come see me in Fort Collins, September 1st at the Comedy Fort. You can get your tickets at wizardofjaws.com. That's wizardofjoz.com. I love you guys. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody out there? It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I'm joined this week by, because you corrected me last week like an asshole. Yes. This week, I am Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at absolutely make sure to follow our other two co-hosts number one that is jocelyn sharp at jocelyn sharp on facebook twitter and instagram the wizard of jaws on tiktok and that's j-o-z-a-l-y-n and of course sylvia alvarado you can follow her at it's the sylvia on twitter and instagram you guys want to follow me on our podcast handle that other podcast of course is rise to offend Follow me at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. Want to email the show? Email us, rise to offend at gmail.com. This week, back on the show. Oh, I just got to see Paradise Lost at Psycho Vegas. First time in my life. Oh, such a great moment. I got Nick Holmes here, but we are not here to talk about Paradise Lost. I'll do that later with him. We're here to talk about Bloodbath and their latest fucking beast of an album guys survival of the sickest it's coming out september 9th we got a couple tracks to play after the interview hang in there oh i fucking love this record so but before that me and brandon we're gonna tackle tackle like a football move like a like a like a like a security guard move a little bit of the metal sucks news I want you to Paul Blart this story. <sighs> Did Paul Blart? Are you talking about Paul Blart one or two? Because I see neither. 
Is there a three? I've never uh, seen it either. Oh, what, well, how are you going to do know, a maybe. reference that we don't even know what you're talking about? That's crazy. Well, because you were saying a security guard, and I said, all right, well, he was a mall cop. That's a security guard. That counts. You should have said zookeeper it. i seen that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, Kevin James, I, no, no, not talking shit. You guys like him? I think he's great, too. King of Queens, right? Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. I mix him and Ray Romano up. Isn't that horrible? All that's the time. That's not that bad. All no, the time. Everybody loves Raymond. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, that's not the right guy. I mix those twos up all the time. No, you're fine because that show, they used to air back to back. Yeah. And I'm, it was like, so I would always, too. I'm like, why do I get this skinny Italian dude mixed up with this chubby guy? I don't get it. And, and and, and not, I think that's because of the subliminal marketing. Okay. And I'm not a sitcom watcher, so I rarely watch sitcoms. My life is sitcoms. Neither was I. Yeah. Mar- married with children. Maybe that's why. It's maybe that's always, why. Maybe you would have a commercial. Uh, it would be like a minute-long commercial for both shows. Yeah. And because they would show both guys for years, it get into your brain that you thought Ray Romano was Kevin James. First story. I, I Dude, we, we – yeah. We do that. It's okay. First story we're going to talk about. Remember, we're going to talk about the Metal Sucks News, not our our stupidity with Ray Romano and Kevin James. <laughs> the, the I first, knew the difference. We're talking about your stupidity. It's, uh, thank you. Touche. First story I want to talk about, Avatar. I love Avatar. I think they're fantastic. I love everything they do for metal. The quote is, Avatar think it's their duty to save heavy metal. Now, a lot of people have been talking a little bit of shit on this. So I'm going to read exactly what was said um, by uh, Johannes Eckerstrom. This is what he said in an interview, guys. He said uh, about it, the new record. The short version is, we will make you see the devil. We will make you dance. You've, you've heard every band say it's their best album yet. This is our best album yet. Okay. I think he had a couple drinks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, my best thing uh, to liken it is to British Steel in the sense of that Judas Priest were always great. And before British Trees, you had Killing Machine, you had Sad Wings of Destiny and all this. But they were a great heavy metal band, a great rock and roll band, a great prog band at times, and kind of eclectic. And then with British Steel, I find they really got laser focused, cut off the fat, and we're focused on what we feel right now metal needs. This very pompish, but yet, honestly, I feel like we have to save heavy metal. Cocky. Brandon, what are your things? What are your thoughts on Avatar saying that they have to save heavy metal? Because I'm going to defend it, but okay. you do your thing. Judas Priest is a foundational metal band, mm-hmm. and Avatar is not. So don't ever compare yourself to a band like Judas Priest, who, by the way, when they came out, there was no heavy metal. So think about what they had to fight through just to be able to get their sound heard. And then you know, I, I don't like this whole idea of we're here to save heavy metal. That means he thinks metal sucks. I mean, that's that means he, funny. That means everything <laughs> that he's here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That means he thinks the name of the show. Like he thinks that you know every new thing that he's hearing is garbage, and he's like, "Well, I, I, I got the ego to say this. Here I come." I think that he's doing the career trajectory of Avatar versus the career trajectory of Judas Priest. Now, British Steel, to a lot of Judas Priest fans, was a hard right turn, right? Um, right. At the time, fantastic record. Fucking love British Steel, you know? But in comparison to Sad Wings of Destiny, it's it's a it's a right turn, left turn, where, wherever you're going. Um, more radio-friendly, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know. Um, but they needed to do that to get other They needed to have that that album so people could go back and hear their old stuff. It's like it's just, it's the it's the Enter Sandman effect. 
Oh, wait a second. Are you stating that Enter Sandman made people go listen to Master of Puppets? Hell yeah, dude. Go ahead and do their <laughs> album sales jumped. Their album sales jumped through the roof after the Black album. I feel so like everybody was listening to Metallica, got... and then Metallica just reached a larger net with Enter Sandman. But I, I do feel Metallica was in a was fine. I'm not saying Metallica wasn't. But what I'm saying is, is when a song like Enter Sandman gets such popular appeal. Mm-hmm. The, there, there, there's going to be bands, there's going to be people out there that go, oh, this is what Metallica sounds like. And then they're going to go buy other albums and go, oh, that's not what Metallica sounds like. But I'm just saying, it would intrigue enough people to get an album spike. It would intrigue enough people for their back catalog to have more sales. I, I, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is I feel like every metal band, I don't care if you're hardcore, deathcore, punk rock whatever be like dude we're here to save this fucking genre dude from from whatever nonsense i'm okay with the statement you know um i i see you know where your viewpoint i do see it i do see it but i'm okay with the statement dude he's not he's not saying anything besides like dude we're 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 going for it and we want us to have a fucking enter sandman we want us to have a break in the law breaking the law or whatever dude and and have Kids chanting it across the fucking well, then, world. Uh, I'm, I'm. What I want to ask him though, but what I want to ask him though is, why does metal need saving? Why does he feel metal needs saving? And then when he gives an answer, then that's then there's going to be some problems. And all of a sudden, he's going to probably be creating. He'll be creating some problems for himself the second that question gets asked. But we've discussed. Why do you think it needs saving? We've discussed like where is the new Judas Priest? Where is the new Metallica? You know, where is that? Like, we have Ghost, right? We have, if you want to go a little further back, Event Sevenfold. We have some bands that are arena level, right? Um, Bring Me the Horizon. They're, they're, they're out there. They're out there. Falling and, in reverse is getting bigger and bigger crowds, it yeah. feels like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're popular. I'm well they're aw- popular. They I'm just go well aware. I'm well aware. But my, my, we can, you want to throw a five-finger death punch out there? Go ahead. I'm not saying they're not popular. Sure, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, I don't know, bands I like. There <laughs> so, you go, yeah. Anyways, um, but so, you know, there's bands that are on that level, but do they have the hits? That's that's debatable. Well, do they have the global well, hits that we're talking about that the legacy well, my, bands my have? Is, well, this is, this is all about, this is kind of like when Trump came up with the Make America Great Again, you're like, well, what when were you referring to what what time frame are you referring to and then you could go to that time frame and look at all the mountain of problems that they had the fact that judas priest came out with a song like breaking the law you know which is the first song i learned on guitar i mean it's so easy the fact that they came out with a song like that and it got such huge radio play through radio play and all that stuff that's a it's it's not it's not like it is today it still matters but it's not like it was back then like the the mediums that judas priest actually got on that helped them help boost them to where they're at because the 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 listenership and all that it wasn't as divided as it it is now you get what i'm saying it's like we all used to listen to the same radio station we used to listen to you had to go buy the cds you had to skip to the song that you wanted it wasn't you it wasn't like you had this instant gratification age that we have right now. So, but it made people do things in unison. It made people, it made all of us try to do the same thing at the same time. And we all got like, it just felt like 
you got more of a broader opinion that way. Taste- but now everybody's got their what's up? I was gonna say tastemakers uh, were a big deal when it came to uh, popular music. Um, yes, but that's that's all gone now. And yeah, the specter might be whatever. But if your song catches everybody across the world right now, um, ten years from now, you'll you'll hear it everywhere. That's really what he wants. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Aim high, Avatar. Uh, I, I again, Brandon's point. You're not saving anything. Heavy metal's okay. Uh, but you know what? In your mind, I, I I want that journey. Go go for it. Go for it. Speaking of, I want my I I will say I want my artist to be that cocky. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that cockiness and 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 metal is not a bad thing to be like. I love my shit so much. It's it's gonna fucking. Like, if you guys don't, if this song doesn't crack the radio waves and and it and become black hole sun or whatever so that was a random hit right i just remember it being right. everywhere when i was growing up everywhere i went and then i went to the grocery store like two days ago and i heard black hole sun i'm like wow crazy wow, never th- it's been that long you never you never been think long. you're gonna hear sound garden as you're picking up uh groceries but it happened and uh yeah i want avatar to have a grocery store song 25 years from now I hope so too. Yeah. I want all of them to, dude. I want I want all these bands to be household names, dude. I would love for that to happen. But so, it just seems like all the household names are the bands that have been that haven't really been at their prime in the last twenty years. Oh dude, I, I feel I see a lot of things going towards the wave of heavy metal coming back to the front, dude. I do. Maybe, maybe just because I'm so inversed in the culture and I'm seeing it at shows and so many more people, you know, and things like I, that. But I just feel like uh the the nostalgia that people complain about is going to help a younger band fly because everybody is checking out the you know Metallica off of Stranger Things or whatever the case may be and they're falling in love with that heaviness and that imagery right. darkness and they're finding it like like I said I just I feel like it's right around the cusp we just need bands to dude I almost I guess I guess we need bands to sell out a little bit <laughs> make them a little more right, radio right. friendly and then taking a run like Ghost did right just a little bit just a, a little slew of them a big four maybe and that's you know that's all we need Avatar and that's, the, and, and that's the crazy thing dude it's like where do you when is Lamb of God gonna come out with their radio hit and if they did how many of their fans would be happy to hear well Lamb of God's they, they, they've reached the Slayer echelon Slayer never needed a radio hit you know, Lamb of God's right, past. Right, right. You know, we're not talking about. I'm talking right. about the younger bands that are, I'd say, 15 years or less. But yeah, you, you know, Lamb of God's got their audience, dude. They don't put out another record, do that. They're 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 good, like Slayer. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, right. All right, moving on. Next story, real quick, guys, before we jump into our interview here with Nick Holmes from Bloodbath, is Ozzy Osbourne. I don't know. This isn't a crazy story to me, but he said he once took so much acid he chatted with a horse for an hour. I'm gonna read what he said. At that time in America, people were fond of lacing your drinks with acid. I didn't care. I used to swallow handfuls of tabs at a time. The end of it came when we got back to England. I took 10 tabs of acid and we went for a walk in a field. I ended up standing there talking to this horse for about an hour. In the end, the horse turned around and told me to fuck off. That was it for me. Okay, well. Yeah. Have you ever had (laughs) been at a party? Have you ever been at a party sober? And someone drunk comes up and talks to you, and you're playing it nice, and you're playing it nice, and you're playing it nice, and then finally you got to be like, dude, come on, man. I've been in the Back park off. with my kids as they're playing on a play set, and a drunk dude walks up to me and, and pretends like I can't notice. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 dude. Sober versus drunk. Yeah, yeah. 
especially in in in, right. in, in, in inappropriate times, is like the worst situation ever. At a concert, I'm completely well, different. I'm so- like, I, it's it's like you're supposed to be drunk, right? I'm cool, but like, right, right. Well, yeah. the sober person in this story, the sober person in this story was the horse. <laughs> yes. Telling what? Telling Ozzy, all right, dude. Look, I, I've listened to your bullshit enough. Get the fuck out of here. All right, please. Thank you. Like, yeah. Could you imagine that? Just Ozzy incoherently. I'm sure. I wonder if the horse even understood him. I guarantee you, sure. I, I bet the horse really did tell him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just Mr. Edit him. I don't know what 10 tabs of acid means, but because I'm not a big drug guy, that sounds I'm like you can die. You, I've That's taken, fucking insanity. I've taken, I've taken three in one day, and I tripped for over 24 hours. If he took 10 hits of acid... Oh my God! That's, dude. He went to outer space and back. That's psychosis, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can't tell you. Ten tabs. Anyways, well, yeah. So, I do like your analogy because I guarantee you that he. It probably was like some sort of subconscious thing of like where he was too drunk and and just annoying the shit out of somebody. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it just came out like the horse is a human being. I wonder if he was talking to a human being and it looked like a horse because when you're on acid, you could, you know, lizard people. I'm just saying. Right, I, I could have been talking to a human being. Him, I wonder if the horse told him to fuck off in Ozzy's voice, like with his own voice. No, you're getting too deep. You're three tabs of acid. Oh, was he like, oh, fuck off? Like you know, you know. I always think Mr. Ed, right, one of horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, right. I'm trying to save you. Of course, dude. yeah. It's it's time. Thank it's you. Time. Thank you. It's that time. was a we failed as a team on that last joke. Oh my god, we failed on te- team as a, on that last story. Everybody's like, get the fuck yeah. on, guys. Yeah, so, and, and we are. And well, we are. Edit us. Edit us out. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm earning a five star review on the Apple iTunes. So that's what I'm doing. So it's time, guys. Before I jump right into our interview with the one and only Nick Holmes of Bloodbath, I gotta tell you something, dude. It's time to celebrate, man. Machine Head, they are back with their most crushing and complete album yet. If you haven't heard of Kingdom and Crown, it is out right now. It is an hour-long conceptual monolith, rich in color and dynamics, but hell-bent on destruction, guys. This is one of the best albums you're going to hear this year. I have no doubt. I have been looking forward to it, nervous, but also hopeful, and I'm telling you, it exceeded all my expectations, guys. If you haven't put your ears on the latest record from Machine Head, of kingdom and crown you're an asshole make sure you listen to it now like i said it's over an hour so give yourself some time but dude of kingdom of crown by machine head is out right now worldwide on nuclear blast records make sure you are picking it up pre-owner it streaming it everything dude a beast of a record you will enjoy and with that it's time let's jump into my chat with the one and only nick holmes of bloodbath Everybody, Patter Metal Sucks Podcast, back on the show. I have Nick Holmes, and we are here to talk about Celebrate, the latest record from Bloodbath, Survival of the Sickest. It is coming out September 9th, my friends. All right, let's jump into the first thing I wanted to talk about. I am a huge fan of, obviously, horror movies and music videos. First single, Zombie Inferno has a fantastic concept, fantastic execution. I really think this is a great video. Tell me about that process. Um, you, obviously, you're involved in the whole video because you are the member that we see. 
But um, tell us about that music video, the idea, and everything behind it before you guys released it. Uh, cheers, yeah. I mean, the concept was, I mean, the song's quite a, a driving song in the speed of it. So it's almost like a galloping kind of pace. And I just thought it'd be quite nice to sort of do it in a car. I mean, a car would sort of suit that, the driving sort of force of it. Uh, and then actually, then our minds, it didn't take long to, to, to turn our minds to the actual title, which is Zombies. So we thought, Kind of bash it, bash it, zombies. Um, but I mean, sort of filmed in a, a kind of a grindhouse fashion, made to look a bit, you know, perhaps a bit tongue in cheek, etc. Um, and we sort of did it. Up. Well, I did my part of it, but um, but yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a. I haven't personally done anything else like that before, so it was quite good fun to do. Yeah, and the car in there. Who, who's what, what? What is that car? I, I see the front and the back, but I can't I can't label what so, that is. It's a Super B, is it? Um, I can't remember the name, but I mean the, the car. It's just, uh, it's just uh, Hollywood magic. Unfortunately, I wasn't in. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. I thought, I thought, like you're right. I, I can see the green screen was a part of this thing, but I felt the car had to be legit. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a real car, but uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in it. So I'm, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell you the car that I was in. But uh, needless to say, it wasn't as good as that one. <laughs> Ooh man, I, I, I want to know that spoiler. It's like it's a Subaru from nineteen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, that's that's awesome, man. Everybody, make sure you're checking out the video. Like you said, the track is a beast, man. I I think it's a perfect single opening track to the record as well. Let's get let's start let's start talking about a little bit of the record. Survival of the sickest. First thing that happened to me. Um, when I got the promo release, is I and, and I usually do this because you know death metal records and artwork they're just they go hand in hand for the old school fan and the artwork on this one was color palette wise was unlike any of the bloodbath records in the past it's a lot more colorful yet it's also the most vulgar if i may tell me about the artwork the palette and all that stuff that you felt this cover worked perfect for this record i mean i mean uh, i i saw the the actual i saw the artwork before i saw the the layout and the uh the, the font and the the uh, the logo cover and uh, color etc. Um, but I mean, once I saw it all together, it just meant, I mean, to me, it just says nine eighty eight. You know, I mean, I, I just completely went back to being a uh, kind of young death metal guy uh, flipping through the the records in my local store, and I just saw this one, this, this kind of gruesome cover with like kind of super loud um, colors and uh, yeah, I mean, it just totally took me back. It's so it says everything about the old school days. I think you know. Yeah, dude. No, it's funny because I remember the first time I got that. I think I picked up a cancer record, and I don't know if it was eighty eight, eighty nine. It was, it was, uh, and uh, it was the colors weren't dark, and I was like, this isn't gonna be, this isn't gonna be death metally. And it was like one of my favorite death metal records of all time. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things I always kind of looked for on a, on the artwork because I mean, unless you get the guy in the shop to play it for you, mm-hmm. you're kind of guessing on on even the logo. You know, was it spiky enough, or was there inverted? Uh, crucifixes on there or, or that kind of thing you know I, that, those were the, the sort of things the guessing games were. but I mean but yeah more often than not if it was a gore cover then 99% of the time you'd probably like the contents of the album you know yeah exactly exactly so they, 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 they did it well I guess that's good marketing am I allowed to say that Is, am I allowed to say uh, death metal and marketing the same boat but it takes the these box that it takes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, um, going back to the first song, Zombie Inferno, guys, and make sure you guys are pre-ordering Survival of the Sick because it's out September 9th. Oh, man. I, I, every, I love every record you guys do, Bloodbath. It's just such a perfect 
death metal band for a person like me, especially growing up in the ways. But going back, like zombie-wise, uh, obviously zombies influence this a little bit. Movies always have a big play. Um, they go hand-in-hand hand to me with, with the music. What are some of the zombie movies that you, I don't know, man, like infected you? And you were like, this is something I can rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. I mean, I can always watch the, the kind of late 70s stuff. I mean, Zombie Flesh, Zombies Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. probably. I, that could have been the first one I ever saw when I was about, I don't know, about nine years old or something. <laughs> it was perfectly acceptable to watch films when you like that when you were nine years old, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't, you know, let, when my kids were nine, I wouldn't let them watch it, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's so, I mean, you know, the, the Flesh, Dawn of the Dead, um, I guess uh, Night of the Living Dead. Um, I mean, everything sort of that came around the early, I think the late 70s, early 80s, uh, before it, you know, it got a bit too kind of a Freddy Krueger sort of world of horror. I think uh, before that kind of era is, is like the golden age of, of, of the, the zombie movie, perhaps, you know. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Actually, every Halloween, we, uh, me and my wife, will pick like a director and just watch all his films in that. And we picked George A. Romero last year. Um and we went through, oh, not I mean, not just the zombie movies like Martin and, and the Crazies, which are I mean aren't zombies, but very similar themed. And there is just some magic to the eeriness. Yes, I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just nostalgia or pleasant nostalgia. They actually the films were better, but um, there's something a lot more sinister about it, I, I, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, but yeah, a lot of those old, and particularly the '70s stuff, I, I always just you know as soon as I you know I see a '70s. Uh, box horror film box. I'm, I'm just you know the, the poster. I'm just completely like, oh, I haven't seen, if I haven't seen this, I've got to see it. You know, so uh, yeah, I'm a massive fan of that kind of, the kind of seventies horror stuff in general. You know, yeah, and, and you nailed it. it. Is more sinister. I, I I wonder if it was the times were just like you can be lost in the woods and there's no cell phones and all. Like maybe now that we think that there's just access everywhere. Um, cause I had this, I had this morbid conversation. I guess I can have it with you is that serial killers were like a thing all through the seventies and the eighties. And that stopped because I, I believe technology is like, no, no, you can't just kill people and get away with it. Now you, you're caught right away. Right. And, uh, and that's a great thing. And now that unfortunately the, this mass shooting thing, at least where I'm from is like a weekly occurrence of, of and opposed to that thing. But th- there's not. There's not much. There's more anxiety to mass shooting, and there's a sinister vibe to someone stalking and ready to kill you. And those films really encompassed it because I think it was real back then. Do you do you agree with me? On yeah, this? yeah. I think it's just uh, this is a massive element of mystery, though, because all you, all you see is what you would see and hear about it is if you talk with it with your friends or you and, and as you watch it, you, you know, outside of that, you 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 wouldn't necessarily see anyone else talking about it. So you got no. Your only reference is your own reference, and the mystery around it all mm. uh, makes it kind of fascinating in a way. I suppose you can build your own. You know, it's, it's the same with music. You know, that you know the early death metal bands. All, all, all we had to go on were perhaps a, a, a kind of picture, and that's all you had. You didn't know the guys. You didn't know anything else outside just this picture and the music that you loved. So I mean, there's an element of the mystery that's been lost. I think, uh, and like you know, there, there really was that. The 70s with everything, I think. When we go to the old school vibe, right, the importance of it is to modernize it, which you guys do really well in Bloodbath, right? But also hold this. Is there like, um, what's the word I'm looking for to you guys? Is there like rules? Be like, look, we're, we're encompassing something that has a history to us, right? But we need to bring it to modern times. 
Do you think um, about that in any way when you when you are creating like a, a record like this? Yeah, I think you've got to make it sound as modern as possible. I mean, the, the, the songs the, the songs will just carry themselves. That you know, if they're written in an old school fashion, or but yeah, I mean, I think it's, you should try and try and make it sound as you know. We have produ- modern production sounds amazing now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so everything's a lot louder. Everything's a lot, the drums sound a lot more powerful. Everything's a lot bigger than it used to be. But yeah, it's. Um, but I mean, if you're going to use, I don't know. If you're going to use like keyboard samples, we've, we've, anything we've used keyboards on, which is not a lot, if I'm honest, I don't think there's hardly any. Uh, but if we ever think about it, it's usually, you know, a very old kind of old school kind of um, carpenter type. You kind of think that before doing anything else to make sure it stays kind of retro sounding. But I mean, I think you can actually did toy with keyboards on one song, but then I think they would describe them, I can't remember, too. Yeah, man. Now, th- those those keyboards are a part of that world. And that's another thing that I do love when we talk about the old school horror movies is that the last horror movie soundtrack um, that like really stuck with me. You know, there's a few out there. There's a few like I really like that one X that Chelsea Wolfe and Tyler Bates did recently. Uh, and things like that, but I just remember like the the goblins and the John Carpenters and and like there was just some new kind of soundscapes, you know. Um, I mean, all, yeah, I mean, all those sounds. I mean, you see them now. You you hearing that that kind of carpenter bass uh, sound. You're hearing that all the time now on on film. On, on you know, you, kind of seventies comeback. Um, yeah, you're hearing that those sounds and a lot more. Modern. I saw the Black Fern the other day. And that had, that had a very very retro feel to it. The whole film, you know, I thought it, I thought it was done very well. Uh, but again, it, it really tapped into that old kind of school horror film. I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen the Black Phone yet, but I'll tell you right now, Sinister was the film that they made. Uh, uh, Scott Derrickson, I think is his name. Oops, I might have said right. it wrong. Um, that they made. I think that that is probably one of the best horror films I've seen in the last decade. Did you like Sinister a lot? I did. I, I could do a, re- a revisit. I, I definitely have seen it. Um, yeah, I need to watch it again. But um, yeah, no, Black Phone. It's really. Good. I was very impressed with it. It was good. I mean, the stories. It's not particularly, uh, you know, a, a, a original story, but it just it's just very well done, and the music's great, and it's just done, just filmed really well. It's, it's a good film. Oh, beautiful man. So. Um, no, I got to check that one out. It's, it's one of those, yeah. Eh. And, and, and me, I'm still a very much try to get to the movie theater if I can for a film like that, like that, that people are talking about it. it it's, yeah. wor- it's worth the memories for sure, man. And, and one thing I do want to bring up when we're talking about the record survival, of the sickest guys, one more time is coming out September 9th is we got some great, great guests on there, dude, some guest vocals. You got Barney from Napalm death, Luke from Gore guts. Tell me about how these guests got involved in this record and the songs, all that stuff, the story behind that. Uh, I mean, when, when we, when we write an album, when we finished it, we kind of listen over to it and we think, Oh, I'm, we always think about guests. We could get more, or, you know, guys, you know, the bands throughout the years have been around as long as we have, or even longer, perhaps in some cases. So it's just a case of, you know, if they kind of lend their voice to, to, to a song to kind of just add another flavor to it, you know what I mean? I mean, this song, particularly Barney Greenway from Napalm, I mean, I've known Barney for, you know, three decades, probably longer than that. I mean, that section he sings on, it really sounds like a Napalm song, I thought, you know, when I heard them, when we had the music. So I just asked him if he fancied doing just that section, you know, and uh, he agreed to do it. And um, it, I think it was fantastic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, we've done it. I mean, well, I, the albums that I've done with Bloodbath, we've always sort of thought about getting guests on. Or, it just adds, you know, it's a, bit of, it's a bit of fun and it adds a bit of an ele- a new element to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I think it's it's fantastic. And you brought up, this is the third record uh, that you've done with Bloodbath. Obviously, Grand Morbid Funeral, amazing arrow of Satan is drawn. Also, right up to par. And then this one, dude, it's, it's a great trilogy that you've been on. What's the difference between creating at this point in your career, because you've been with the band almost a decade, 2013, 2014, um, opposed to when you, when you first jumped into the band and there was kind of a little bit of a legacy behind them? Um, it's, it's a similar thing, really. I mean, um, I, I think with this album, we just, the, the, the last album was a bit of a fork in the road and it was, it was kind of a, had a, a bit of a black metal angle to it, I think, the whole album. I think with this, there was a time just maybe, okay, well, you know, why did the band start? It was about a homage to the great band of the late, and it was just like, okay. Well, let's kind of let's get that kind of Florida sound a little bit more on this again. You know, so it was kind of we sort of just took a few steps back, I think. Uh, and also, I mean, the, the, the theatrics we kind of took that pretty much as far as we thought we could, and we had a lot of fun with it actually, for sure. But uh, we did bother with it on this album. You know, we just thought, okay, let's strip all back and just go back to why the band started in the first place. You know? Yeah, dude. Oh man, I. I, I chainsaw lullaby stuck in my head every time I even think of that record. Just so you know, that, that, that is that is the best closing track on a death metal record in a decade. I'm saying it right here. <laughs> but uh, oh, love the closing track on this one. That's it's a slower one, man. No God before me. I like it though. It was really cool. Uh, tell me about that track because I really dig it. It it kind of felt like it. You had this just record enveloping all the thing, and then you're like, let me let me give you this like almost doomy sound of of, of tune. What ha- um, tell, tell us about that track. Yeah, I mean, Jonas, Jonas wrote that song. I mean, it was, um, we didn't, you, you never really know where, where, what order the songs are going to come in, but when we did that song, the, the, these kind of long, drawn-out choir sort of section at the end, um, once we did that recording, I mean, everybody did a singing part on that. I think everybody said, no, but before me. Mm-hmm. So we recorded everybody's voices on that. Uh, and then we extended it, and it just became an, an obvious choice for the last song, you know. And it's a very kind of very serious, dark song as well. Uh, it's not perhaps as uh, playful, in inverted commas, as some of the other songs are. Um, so it was quite nice to end in a very serious kind of death metal song, you know. Mm-hmm. No, dude, it's great, great. Like I said, great ending to the record. It's fantastic, guys. And you guys will get to hear that record September ninth so make sure you guys are pre-ordering it guys survival of the sickest that's when it's coming out um i'm really excited man i'm out here in las vegas dude and i gotta tell you i'm gonna see you guys in about two weeks with paradise lost i know bloodbath's got some shows that you're playing um correct um across europe yeah we've got a few more yeah i mean we're sort of around the album launch we've sort of got a few more bits and pieces but i think next year is going to be you know we're going to be really hammering the, the festival seasons uh hopefully all over the world you know we'll, we'll see but yeah we're we're really looking forward to getting out there and playing stuff from this album. Yeah. So, and, and, of course, I'm, we're really looking forward to Las Vegas for PL oh, in a couple of weeks. I, I, I can't wait, man. Like I said, it's my, it's been a long summer out here, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great three days for us. And, uh, man, I can't wait to see you guys. It's been a long time. And, and there was a lot of – I remember, like, Bloodbath was booked for uh, a couple things out here, but the pandemic kind of got in the way for the states, right, for a little bit of that touring. Did you guys ever make it back out here and perform uh, uh, under Bloodbath? No, we just had to with the visas. I mean, for whatever reason, we, we do actually I, – we, I mean, we haven't had the same issues with our, with our other bands – um, it's been fairly straightforward. I mean, for some reason, 
we don't actually know what happened, but I mean, we, you know, we applied for them in good time. There was no real reason why it didn't happen, but we, we, we just kind of, uh, yeah, we just kind of like shrugging our shoulders to why it never happened. But um, of course, when you say, you know, the visas haven't come, people just presume you haven't applied to the right place or you've done it. You've, I mean, we really haven't, you know, we've been doing it quite a, quite a long time, you know, so, but uh, it's, it, we've just been unlucky, you know, but I mean, we still, we were definitely, <laughs> definitely going to try our best to get over there next year, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not telling you to bring blood bath to psycho Vegas next year, but I'm okay with that. Just so you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. psycho Vegas people listening. Come on, come on. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. I'm, I'm being uh, greedy, but yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, dude. So with that, um, a lot of this record, a lot of these songs that you're going to play live is we're, how many are you going to do in the next couple weeks and shows as the album releases? Is there a few, um, and then next year you guys are going to kind of re reconvene and, and play a ton, ton of these tracks or what are your thoughts on like track listing when it comes to, to playing it? Cause I know with PL, you guys always play a ton of your new stuff usually. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, we're probably, we're probably going to do zombie inferno. I think we, I think we're going to be playing that. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm not sure yet. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. But, uh, Next year we'll we'll definitely be uh just kind of diving in and seeing what we could. I mean, it's pretty much we could play pretty much any, anything off it really. I mean, it's nice to do an album where you know you can play every song if you want. You know, there's not you don't have to rely on other reason, other other things to play it live or you know we can just kind of nail we can then bang out any of these songs. I think you know so, mm-hmm. so it's just a case we'll figure out what everyone feels like, what everyone kind of wants to do. You know. Yeah, and how important is that to you when you when you release a record to be like, hey, all these songs are something that we can present live and and something that I think fans will will like. I mean, how important is that to you, just as an artist, when you're creating new music? Uh, it's pretty important. I mean, because I mean, once you once you write a song, it's if it's only something that you is like a studio based song, where you could it would be almost impossible to reproduce live if you if you've got you know, like a massive orchestra and uh, that element to it. It's going to be a lot harder. To, to kind of to do stuff. It's, it's always nicer when sometimes when things are stripped back and it's still a good song and you know you can play it anyway. Uh, you don't need anything other than just like a couple of guitars and drums, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you write songs, it's always in your mind, but it's also nice to kind of sometimes do a song which is so really, I don't know, avant-garde and really over the top and you know you probably won't play it live, but it's just great for the album. So, but yeah, nowadays I do think you've got to think about playing live because that's what it's about these days, you know. It has been for, you know, more more so than ever the last kind of 25 years i think uh yeah no i i agree i think in, in our genre that that is the uh the bread and butter and and i mean the fan base is so so for me at least it's 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 my favorite thing to do is to see the live music have the amps in the face get introduced yeah. to new songs and that's that's something that like if i hear a new song and it, it gets with me and i'm like what is this you know it it, it makes me run <laughs> back yeah oh yeah i mean i mean you know you never people, especially kind of male music. You know, it's, it's always, it's always, as much as as much fun as it is at home, it's always great to get out and listen to it live. You know, it's, it's that's never going to go away. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. And a lot of other genres, I I wonder if it's the same feeling. Um, but I think that this one that that is uh, that's what we'll always have is the live audience, the live presentation, and and it's it's necessary for it. I I don't know if you know it's necessary for the songs to live you know, and stuff like that. So that's, that's just the way I see it. But, um, a lot of the tracks like on this record, like we were talking about earlier though, um, you had a lot of fun with it. You had a lot of fun with the lyrics, uh, old school style. It was great. And then we did talk about the last track being a little more serious. Uh, which one did you feel when you were writing the lyrics or, or, um, 
you know, composing whatever where you're like, all right, I'm going left field on this one. I'm, I'm going to make this one as fun as possible. Do you remember that one by chance? I mean, I mean, a lot of it's just, um, I mean, it's just, I understand when I write any lyrics. Like if, I, if I write a line, if I can come up with a, with a kind of clever following line, I'm kind of happy with that. It doesn't actually necessarily have to make any real sense for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always been about lyrics are, are kind of spur of the moment thing. For me, it's a, it's a part of a section of a song, whereas if the words are right for that song, it enhances what you're hearing. So it, it makes it even more powerful, I think. So they're more like another instrument to me, and particularly in death metal, I think. Certain words work so well in death metal uh, that it's not about a story for me or, or even making some kind of statement. It's just about what works at the right time. And, you know, I mean, that's why I always loved about the old death metal. You know, I mean, people would be kind of waffling about Satan for, for a full album, but it just sounds so good with the music, you know. They didn't really have to tell a story or anything. Um, so it's just about, you know, using words as an extra kind of instrument, I think, particularly in death metal. My favorite use of words is the track Malignant Maggot Therapy. Yeah, that's one of the Odyssey songs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we kind of tap into all the obvious death metal tropes, yeah. you know. Uh, and it's, I mean, I always, I always, you know, I think of Bloodbath as like a musical version of Creepshow, you know. I mean, that's that's just how I think of it, you know. it's uh, Sometimes it's kind of serious and dark, but sometimes there's a hint of humor. Uh, but it's kind of under the umbrella of horror, the whole thing, you know, which... Uh, just kind of love that, you know. Yeah, that's do me too. That's that's why I listen to the to the genre all these years, man. Is that it? It is it is the perfect uh, counterpiece. But yeah, dude, a great track too. So everybody, make sure one more time before I I, I don't I don't want you guys to forget September 9th, Survival of the Sickest. Make sure you guys are ordering that for sure. So real quick question about uh, let's let's just segue just for a couple minutes to Paradise Lost just to see as we know there's a lot of tour dates coming. Obsidian was a fantastic record. We all loved it. Um, how, how did, did, did the momentum or anything like that get affected in your opinion by the pandemic? Um, and how are you coming back live to revisit all this stuff? Uh, yeah, we've, we've done a few things. Uh, we've done quite a few gigs since, since mm-hmm. the album was released. I mean, we did a, a live stream as well, which, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's just kind of put everything back a bit, you know, I mean, that, I mean, we're touring in October, we, we've got quite an extensive European tour. Uh, and then obviously we've got the, the, the Las Vegas thing coming up. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, we'll do the, the, the tour in October, then we'll kind of sit down and think, okay, what, what's next? But yeah, I just think it's just, it's almost like someone pressed the pause button and then they've pressed it again to, to, to play again. You know, it's, it's almost like everything's been paused and we've just been waiting to come. And But uh, yeah, it's the momentum's perhaps, the wheels slow down a little bit, but it's still... You know, when you play live and you see how the songs go down, and uh, it's you know, it's always good to kind of see how, how what the reaction is, and it's been great. You know, the songs that we've been playing, you know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and live at the mill is the the live stream. How was that for you as an artist? Because uh, I think it's a great avenue for bands, you know, to do a lot of different stuff. But how was that for you as an uh, you know, as as an artist to be able to present the stream to us fans? It's kind of like doing a rehearsal, but you but you can't. You're kind of very aware that you, you might make a mistake, which when you rehearse, you don't care if you make a mistake. <laughs> it's kind of stress respect. Um, it is very strange. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. I mean, yeah, it was kind of tense. We were kind of looking at each other like, this is really tense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, when you're with it in front of a crowd, there's, there's a lot more relaxed atmosphere. And, uh, but for some reason, it's almost like you kind of, the scrutiny is, more intense uh, with a live stream. That's how I felt. Anyway. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was definitely interesting to do it. You know, 
Absolutely. And now live streams are a thing. Are, is it something that maybe Bloodbath has talked about to do uh, in any way? Or what are your thoughts on doing them in the future now that we are a little more open and you can fully tour? What are your thoughts on live streams uh, as, you know, uh, playing deep cuts or different type of things for the fans? What, what, what do you think? I mean, if it's a kind of snippet, if you're doing a song or it's a snippet or if you're, you know, you just kind of think, oh, let's just do it for a bit of fun and we'll just bash it out and put it online. And I think that's pretty good. And, and it's kind of bridging the gap in between if you can't play live for whatever reason. So I think in that respect. But, I mean, for me personally, you know, I'd much rather do an actual show, you know. It's just it's just a completely different experience altogether, you know. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, it, it bridges a gap between if you can't play it. And there's definitely a room for it, I think. But uh, you're never going to be getting out there and going to a gig, I don't think, you know. Mm, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, I feel moments define our, our life, and, and that's a moment we share together. Uh, and I don't think you can do that digitally, you know. Um, but I, yeah, I, mean, I, I did love that. Dude, they, they kept me sane during the pandemic. So it was super. I loved them all, man. Yeah. It's a little wrong. If you know you can't get out there, then it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good replacement, I guess, you know. Yeah. And just to see, you know, cause you, you know, you just to see the, the band members and everybody and just playing the songs it, and, and I get that it kind of felt like a little bit like the rehearsal, but like all the, the live records that I got out of it, like including your guys is man, I, I fucking, I, I listen to them nonstop, man. I love them. Like, cause there is such a, a clean presentation, I guess, without an audience. Now I know that doesn't sound, I think, like how I, yeah, I, I hear it in my head, but it's, it is really, really like you guys have to sound really good. Like you were saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the, the kind of pressures on, uh, but I mean, I've seen, you know, some, some guys do it and they actually do make mistakes and they start again. And I think, oh, okay, well it actually is more relaxed than what I'm thinking it probably is. You, you can, you tend to just go, go inside your head a bit too much when you realize that like who's watching it. You can't see anyone who's watching you. It's kind of, a, <laughs> it's a strange bit anyway. <laughs> Yeah, man. So if if we go back to it, at least we know there's that option. But let's let's just celebrate the moments and stuff like that, man. Right now, and what we're here to celebrate, guys. I want you guys to make sure you're pre-ordering Survival of the Sickest coming out September 9th. Bloodbath's new record. I can't stop listening to it. It's so good. And then obviously, I personally super excited to see Paradise Lost out here in Las Vegas. I cannot, ah, man. It's gonna be a great experience to see you guys, man. And that festival is gonna be great all the way through. So make sure uh, everybody. We're supporting that. With that, Nick Holmes, always a pleasure, man, to have you call in and talk to us here at the Metal Sucks Podcast. Uh, cheers, man. It's a great great pleasure to speak to you. And, uh, yeah, we can't wait to play Las Vegas. We're, uh, it's a long time since we came to the set, so really looking forward to it.
Metal Sucks Podcast. Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is off the latest record from Bloodback, Survival of the Sickest. It's coming out September 9th. That track is Zombie Inferno. Check out the music video, man. It's badass. I loved it. We talked about it in the interview. Second song, that is Carved featuring Luc LeMay from Gore Guts. Man, what a, what a beast of a track. Guys, I can't tell you much more. If you're a death metal fan, this is the one you want to pick up. Survival of the Sickest is coming out September 9th. Bloodbath knocked it out of the park once again. Third song you heard is from Conan. Their latest record, Evidence of Immortality, is out right now. The track you heard is called Righteous Alliance. I've been listening to this nonstop. I wanted to promote this couple weeks back i'm sad i didn't because this record is badass dude evidence of immortality is out now guys make sure you're checking out that record again the track like i said is called righteous alliance with that i want to thank everybody out there for the five star reviews on the good old apple itunes that's all we ask for even when we miff a story me and the han here we still leave it in there we try to be as genuine as possible but we still want the five-star review. We don't need words. We don't need nothing. We do this all the time. We never miss an episode. We've done it for five, six, seven, ten years. I don't know. A lot of interviews. So please go to Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review. And also, any support on our other podcasts, the Documentary Discussion Podcast, Rise to Offend, is much, much, much appreciated. If you guys haven't checked it out, it is a documentary discussion podcast. We've done heavy metal figures like Phil Anselmo, Peter Steele, Gigi Allen, Wendy O. Williams, Chuck Schuldiner, and the list goes on and on. Marilyn Manson, whatever. We've done it all. We've And many things that aren't metal. So if you are interested in a documentary discussion podcast, learning about someone based on their digital imprint and interviews in the past, make sure you check out our other podcast, Rise to Offend. Until next week, everybody. Later. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.